right now there's really no concrete solution or answer. Um, you know, there's a pivot. There's, there's a different angle we can try out, but it's important not to invest too much time or too much money into any one thing right now because things can change in an instant. And we've all experienced that right now more than ever is that, you know, our ideas, they, they just keep shifting based on the landscape of our, our world. From the Island Institute, it's Commercial Currents, the podcast, a show about small business on Maine's islands and coast, where we share the power of community and creativity through the voices of small business owners and those who partner with us. And I'm your host, Claire Donnelly. And in this episode, I'm chatting with Kate Hall, owner of Gray's a microgreens and juice business that Kate took ownership of in 2017. And by June of 2019, Kate had expanded her business to open a brick and mortar juice bar in downtown Belfast, which less than a year later, due to COVID-19, she had to shut down completely. Kate and I chat about the challenges of being a single mom and a small business owner during the pandemic, as well as all the things she did to get creative and make the most of the summer season which includes teaming up with some fellow Belfast small business owners and starting Belfast Delivers, a delivery service bringing local food to residents around Hancock County. Our conversation today starts back in 2009, when after spending some time in New York City working in fashion, Kate made her way back to Maine. And it was here that she cultivated a deep connection to working with her hands in the soil of her parents' garden. And that she eventually turned into her business. Back in 2009, when I moved home, um, I was in my parents' gardens um, behind their house on their farm, and I just I was weeding, and I was just falling in love with being in the soil, and that connection was really special to me. So I knew that something was going to come out of it. Um, it was very grounding, uh, just working outdoors in nature. Um, and then in um, 2014, my son was born. Um, in 2017, um, my best friend, she had a microgreen farm and she was moving to California. And at that time, I didn't really, I was going through a divorce and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Um, so she asked if I wanted to take it over. So I said, sure, um, I'll give it a shot. Um, at that time, I was kind of battling an unknown illness that I had no idea what it was. And um, I was going through a lot of tests and really what it came down to was changing my whole diet to eat more of a plant-based diet. Um, and by doing that with growing microgreens, it just kind of went hand in hand and I started to feel better and I started to really um, reap the benefits of not only eating well, but being able to work with the greens and, and grow them myself. So it was this win-win and um, working with the local restaurants was just such a like a, a great way to connect with new people and um, meet people and realize that, you know, this is a, a really successful little niche market that, you know, we could grow. As we grew through the market, we started, I started growing wheatgrass just because I knew that that was something that, you know, I'd done some research on and found that it had a lot of really good health benefits. Um, and it started helping me too. So I thought, why not share this with our community and just this great, you know, group of you know, customers who are coming and so devoted to this product. 
So um, we started growing wheatgrass and it was just such a successful crop, um, really easy to grow, low maintenance um, with high yields and we were able to juice it. Um, we would add some ginger and some lemon and some apple to it and we came up with this delicious drink. So we started selling that at the market and it really took off. So that was when the whole juicing side of the business took off and we started doing a lot of that, just selling nine ounce cups there. Um, and then but there was a need for bottling and so we started bottling um, the juice ourselves. And at that point we started thinking about coming um, into a cafe, something that we could kind of expand this you know, market, this plant-based health food market um, and offer it to our community. So that's kind of how it directed us. That way, zigzagging through it, um, it probably was like two years from the start of growing the microgreens until we came up with the idea of you know, opening this juice bar, The Alchemist, which was um, a collaboration between three women plant-based um, businesses in the area. Um, and we just all worked together to sell our product. We all met at the farmer's market. Um, so we had just a really great understanding and we loved each other's products. Um, so we had a good understanding about just what we all did and how we wanted to um, get our products across to the community. Cool. That's awesome. So you opened the Alchemist in, I'm assuming, sort of downtown Belfast area. So the summer of 2019, you just made the leap from being a farmer's market vendor to a store owner. Um, how did that first summer go? Yeah, and we launched, we opened mid-June and it was great. We just had created such a great following where people really wanted more, where we were selling one day a week at the farmer's market um, to, you know, knowing that there was a need and a want and a desire for people to have plant-based juices and salads and different foods um, along with skincare products um, by one of, the, one of our fellow partners um, to five days a week. That's awesome. Cool. So yeah, you were kind of chugging along, having a good summer. I'm sure, you know, things started to slow down in the fall, sort of as to be expected of any main business. And then um, what happened for you all in March when the first COVID shutdown hit? How did that, how did you guys start shifting your business model right away? Yeah, it was, um, it was, I mean, it was like everybody else. I mean, we just, we were really you're going through those tough months you know we had started out so, so strong with a really great season our first summer through spring and um so the sales start to kind of take a dip like november through january so we knew that that was happening and it was on the you know on the horizon so we were just we were almost there you know we we're just almost through the hardest you know part of it um and it came down and we just we were going to stay open. Um, yeah, March hit and we were just kind of like, what do we do? Um, we, we knew that our lease was coming up in May and we had to either make a decision to re-sign the lease or, um, or not. And that's what happened is um, without knowing what was going to be happening in the next months, I was also, you know, thinking about the farm because we at that point would we were really getting everything up to speed you know and getting all of the seedlings started and you know starting to get all of our edible flower gardens going and um 
without knowing if the restaurants were even going to be there to support us or need it. It was just a total, like, free-for-all, you know? So I, I knew that I had to take things off of my plate because just the restrictions started to fall down and I all of a sudden was a single mother with a full-time son and, um, <laughs> you know, he didn't have school and that first couple of weeks was just, um, it was okay, but that first, the first shutdown was just not good. And that's when we just realized we had to go with the flow. And mm. I think that's when a lot of businesses, we scrambled for ideas. Um, being an entrepreneur, we're kind of already just ready for that. You know, we're ready for a challenge and we're ready to roll with the punches and problem solving is my strength. It always has been. Um, so it was, it was a challenge that I was ready for. I'm curious. So I've talked to a lot of different business owners that have had, you know, varying different levels between shutting down completely, staying open, figuring out some sort of in-between area. What was the conversation like with your business partners when you guys sort of finally made that call in the end to not re-sign the lease? Well, it was it was easy. Um, you know, I think they, uh, my business partners, they just right away knew that they didn't want to go through with it. So, you know, it just brought it back to me and it was my decision. Um, so making that piece of the pie, you know, easy. I had to make a decision, you know, am I going to close the cafe? So yes. How are we still going to produce juice and sell it? So we kind of were in the middle of deciding and Erin at the Lost Kitchen gave us a call, gave me a call and she just said, you know, I'm going to open up a market. It's an online market. It's going to be open on Wednesdays for pre-sale and then everybody can come and pick up on Saturdays. So just send me pictures and prices and product inventory and um, we'll give it a shot. So we did. And um, we rolled it out within the week. Uh, we got everything ready and it just was a, it was a huge success. It was, it was enough to keep and supplement that income, you know, from closing the cafe in that time of year um, in March, dead of winter in Maine. Um, so we felt like we still had a viable business and we still had, you know, what we needed to get through in the really uncertain times. And her her comment to me that just stuck with me and, and with she said this to everyone that she invited to be a part of it um, was without the farmers, we don't have a restaurant. I, I can't be a restaurant without the produce. So I need to, her, her responsibility that she assumed was to, keep small farmers and small businesses afloat to keep everyone going because we are going to get through this there are better times ahead this isn't the end this is just something we've all run into and we just need to resort and reconfigure and pivot as many times as possible um because this is what we love mm, yeah that's awesome i had heard about that market that's that's really cool um yeah so sort of despite closing this brick and mortar shop you were able to keep Gray's going, finding these new sales channels. And then in addition to that, you actually ended up starting a whole other business sort of um, directly in response to the pandemic, maybe kind of help bolster sales, get through the summer. I'm just curious, where did the idea for this business come from? And then also just sort of what was this business? Some friends of mine, we were talking and we're just like, what are, what are we going to do? How, how do we adapt to this new way of 
of business. And um, it was a lot of work. It's definitely a lot more work, a lot more physical labor. But we realized that there was a need for more delivery. And some of our vendor uh, friends and family at the market, um, they were kind of not sure what to do. And we thought maybe we should start something on our own. So we started Belfast Delivers which is um, just a delivery company, which was modeled after a lot of the pre-sale online orders, markets, and then it was a delivery. So we just thought there were a lot of people out there that couldn't, you know, go out of their homes, you know, that had, were immunocompromised, um, or just maybe just scared. So we knew that that would be something um, that our community could could jump on board with and it was a really successful startup. It, it, I think it's hard for entrepreneurs because we just want to keep going. You know, we just, we feel like we've, we've met a, you know, a challenge and we have to overcome it and we have to find an answer and a solution to keep going. And, you know, right now there's really no concrete solution or answer. Um, you know, there's a pivot, there's, there's a different angle we can try out, but it's important not to invest too much time or too much money into any one thing right now because things can change in an instant. And we've all experienced that right now more than ever is that, you know, our ideas, they, they just keep shifting based on the landscape of our, our world. Um, so being fluid and being flexible and, you know, not worrying too much about if it's going to be perfect, just as long as it's progress, that's all that we can really, you know, ask for and strive for right now. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a quick break and talk about broadband. Do you ever wonder how fast your internet connection really is? So the Island Institute has teamed up with the Maine Broadband Coalition, Connect Maine, and a couple other partners in a state wide speed mapping initiative designed to gather data from across the state and generate the most comprehensive map of internet connectivity and quality in Maine to date. I did mine this morning and it was easy. It takes less than one minute to do. And honestly, it's a little bit fun because then you get to look at the map afterwards of everybody that's done the speed test in the state of Maine. So do yours and help ensure that all Mainers have access to the high speed internet that they deserve. You can visit mainbroadbandcoalition.org to learn more and to run your speed test today. And now back to my conversation with Kate. I wanted to talk a little bit about being a single mom and a small business owner right now. There's a lot of data coming out pointing to women in the workforce being hit hardest in this recession. Um, And it just sounds like you've been really busy, you know, keeping, starting new businesses, keeping your business going while also having your kiddo at home and you know, being a full-time educator and mom and and all of this stuff. And so I'm just curious, sort of, how has that been? How do you stay sane? How do you stay healthy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I do it. It's it's the biggest challenge of my whole life. Um, It's the hardest job I've ever had to do. God, I could cry if I talk about this too long because it is so personal. It's so emotional. It's so straining. It's draining. It's overwhelming. It's... It's it causes insanity and just neurotic like tension, um, and that's the raw truth of it. It's really really hard, you know, to balance that. So taking time to um, just self care and reach out to your friends and family and just say, 
gosh, today was not good. You know, I felt like I just don't even know how I made it through. But that's the only thing that's gotten me through is talking to friends. And we're all in this together. Mm, Yeah, I can't imagine how hard it is to balance all of that. So my next question is just about sort of where you're at now. What is your sort of short-term concerns, long-term concerns? What are you thinking about planning for next summer? Yeah, well, you know, with farming, we have to start planning now. This is when we have to order our seeds. We have to plan out our, you know, our gardening plots and make sure that, you know, our soil is ready, our cover crops are, and the soil conditions are good for seeding next year. So um, we're just going forward with that, knowing that, you know, if, there's a market, then we'll have product. And if there's not, we'll, we'll share it with, you know, a different avenue. We can sell it, you know, online with our online markets, or we could share it with our friends. We can donate food to food pantries and the different avenues. Waldo Bounty um, created that great resource for food, you know, sharing for people. Um, yeah, we're just kind of pushing forward in a in a scaled back model, but we know that these models have worked. They worked last year. We can fine tune those. We can um, work on creating in home growing techniques for people to grow their own food. That's very important. Yeah, that's great. Looking like five years into the future. Do you have a vision for your business now that includes going back to a brick and mortar space and getting back into that sort of retail model? Or do you think about the future of your business any differently now or? I do have a vision. I mean, what was really helpful was to to, to sit with this for a long time after we closed the, the store and that time to just sit with, the sadness, you know, we had just worked so hard to get this space open. It was doing so well and the potential was there. But then, you know, going through the numbers and working with my accountant on, you know, my taxes, I'm like, you know, how profitable was this? Like it was profitable, but what is the five year on this? You know, is, is it a really sustainable in a really, you know, we're, we're not thinking like, you know, we're just going to settle at like a 5% growth or 15% growth. Like we want to, you know, have a 25% growth every year in the business. Um, we, we want this to take off just more than in our small community. So, and just still have maybe a small shop here in Belfast because that's what's important to me and being able to work here um, around my son and have him involved in it and just be on a small farm. It's just, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, having my roots just like really deeply connected here in Maine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So my last question is just sort of taking the opposite tact of that question, which is, so in five years, looking back on this time, in what ways do you feel like you're building resilience now or you've built resilience into a business that will carry into the future? From this point forward, with any business plan, we have to build in that code of pandemic. You know, it's our apocalyptic situation. Um you know, mission, like what happens if, um, so yeah, going forward, I think we've, this is a great exercise for small businesses, um, to look at, to evaluate your business today and say, if this were to happen again, what would I do to secure myself in 
in this position where my business would be okay? What are the other avenues? How can I diversify my business model to sustain this time? And um, I feel very fortunate to have had sort of a multi-diversified model without even planning it that way um, that's been able to overcome some of the hardship. And, you know, it's just, it's funny. I think we're all just so used to rolling with it at this point that um, we know it's going to get better. This is going to turn around for for everyone. Um, If the people who, you know, really, truly are passionate and work hard and stay connected with the root of why you started your business, why I started this business, um, if if it still has meaning, if it still creates a value, if it's still something that my customers are reaching out to me for, then I'm going to still be there. And I think that's what we're all just learning right now and processing. And like my mom said, she's like, she's, she taught me, she's like, just make a business that, you know, it's true to, true to the core and shift it. If it has to change, just stay true to your core, but it's going to, it's going to, take different shape and and be flexible and go with that, you know, and that's what Gray's was. We started off as a microgreen farm growing microgreens in my basement and then we were bottling juice two years later, you know, and that was 75% of the business income. So, you know, I'm still doing what I love, but I'm being flexible and you're just kind of offering different ideas out there until something grabs and something takes hold. So I don't think you know, being rigid in any model right now is the way to go. I think this time has taught us to be flexible and fluid and open to new ideas and to listen um, and just stay true to that core idea. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kate, so much for chatting. It was really a pleasure and we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please reach out at podcast at islandinstitute.org and let me know what you like, didn't like, and who I should talk to next. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can also subscribe to our Commercial Currents newsletter at islandinstitute.org slash smallbusiness. This is our small business support newsletter, so you'll get our resources as well as info about upcoming workshops and events delivered right to your inbox. Our theme song is by Courtney Nallenboff and Bill Travaskis, and this episode was produced and edited by Galen Koch of the First Coast and me.